All right, here. Get out my notes. As I'm getting out my notes, um, if you would get out your Bibles, and if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back that we're not only willing to let you use this morning, but also to give you if you need a Bible for home. Um, And I will actually be using what's called the NIV translation, which is called the New International Version. And we will be talking about the church. We will be talking about God. And if you are here just to get your I came to church check, uh, you officially have received that check. And if that's all you're here for, you can be dismissed now. If um, you want to dig into the word with me uh, as we look over the whole book of uh, 1 John and you really want to know what the book of, the, of 1 John says and what the Bible says, then stick around because we've, we've got some stuff to look into. Um, and it's not going to be boring. But I wanted to uh, thank you for your prayers and, your, and all of your uh, well-wishings and all the other things that go with being gone on vacation. Danielle and I had a fantastic time. We um, were able to go a little bit on vacation. And thank you. Um, as I don't know how to say this other than we were able to go on a... Um, on a cruise with, uh, with K- the K-Love cruise as a guest of some artists in the industry. And uh, so it was paid for. So we said, a free cruise or no vacation? Well, the free cruise went out. <clears throat> and uh, we had a fantastic time getting to look like we were important people, but we really aren't. Um, and in fact, you know how we've been doing this uh, hashtag TNC thing? I was able to, uh, to snag one, and uh, let's, let's see, do we have that picture? Oh, that's, 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 not, the, that's not the one I, do, I took. The Asherman took that, right? So the TNC, we've been taking these stickers and putting them on the backs of cars and on, on things and take them and say, hey, this is where Two North Church is going. Apparently, we went to the farm. True North bought the farm. Is that, is that what it is? Landon's response was, what was it, Landon? Holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, and of course, the, the other comments that come with that. No, uh, I was able to, one of the um, stops that we took on the cruise was uh, in the Bahamas. So I, I let you know that True North Church is, is being seen in the Bahamas. And it was a nice little uh, warm, sunny day. And I wish I was there. But I'm not. So let's dig into the word. Okay, so um, on the Caleb cruise, just to give you... Um, to let you know what we did. Um, there were concerts in the evening. There was a, a live um, jam band that was basically the, um, the band for Mandisa. And they came out and did live stuff. And other artists would come in and just like pop in and, and do like an open mic. And then we'd have um, dinner and then a concert. And then there's extra concerts. But then while there's a dinner and a concert, that's flipped. So like the artists did two concerts and the people went to dinner late and early. And lots of fun stuff going on. So just in case you ever want to go to a K-Love cruise, um, I would highly recommend it, because where else can you have, like, all those concerts? Let me tell you some of the, the people that were there. Mandisa was there, the Newsboys, who did that, uh, We Believe, um, Chris August, who sings uh, Starry Night. Um, we had For King and Country, and uh, obviously Sanctus Real, as, uh, friends of ours, and um, who else was there? I'm blanking. That's on half of them. 
Casting Crowns, Building 429, Tim Timmons, Bob Goff was there to speak. Um, obviously, the, the Caleb, crew, Caleb um, personalities, Craig and Amy and Kankelfritz. So we got to meet all those people. And it was just kind of fun. Do you know who the Jesus painter is? Have you heard of the Jesus painter? His name is Jared Emerson. Apparently, um, he was on the cruise too because as we ate dinner, he was at the table next to us. This big old guy, and he's got like Jesus hair. He's like parted in the middle and like curved because that's what Jesus looked like, I'm sure. Um, so what, what Jared does is he paints a picture and you, it looks like nothing until the end of the song and he turns it upside right because it was upside down the whole time. You're like, that's Jesus. And so what he did was he, took, he, he finger paints for a living. He takes his little, he dips his fingers in this pan and then like throws paint up there and you're like, what in the world is going on? And all of a sudden you see this lion and you're like, there's a lion on there from finger painting. That's pretty cool. And then he takes this white paint and he comes from the edge because it's a black page, uh, but the, the lion is there. And then he takes white and he kind of pushes from the outside in, but he stops at all these little angles. And, the, and all of a sudden at the end of the song, he said, I call this the lion and the lamb. And so there's a picture of the lion and the silhouette of Jesus's face with like crown. You're like, oh, that's so cool. And you didn't see it until like the very end. Anyway, so Jared was there and... Uh, we, we got to see all these people, and it, I really support K-Love. I, I love what they do. I love how they bring music into our lives, into our cars, into our houses, and I love how they can support other people. So if you ever get a chance to go on those things, I highly recommend it. Um, free is best, but sometimes, sometimes if you pay for it, it still would be worth it. So thanks for, uh, thanks for missing me. I'm, I'm sure you all did. Now, as we get into the Word, uh, we're going to talk about who God is, and who we are. If you look in the book of 1 John, now, there's a book called John that's called the, in the Gospels. So there's like an Old Testament and a New Testament in the Bible. In the New Testament, the first four are called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That John is not the John we're talking about. You've got to go to the end of the Bible, where it's 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation. So if you come from the back, you go Revelation, Jude, 3rd John, 2nd John, then 1st John. So five books from the back. And it really is a, a, a soft read. I hate reading. I'm not a reader. I like music. I'll, I'll press play on, the, on my Bible app, and they, they read it to me, and I, I like that. But this read, if you're reading, I have what? One, two, three, four, four and a half pages. It's a really quick read. So we're going to read all of, all of those words. No, we're not. We're not. Um, so we're going to look into what 1 John says. Who wrote this? John. And it's his first book, because there's three more later. Two more later. So we're going to look at 1 John and see who God is. And why is it important that we find out who God is? Because we're here, created by God, to experience Him, to know who God, what God's like, and to realize who we are and see how those go together. Unfortunately, it doesn't. And we're going to talk about that. Because you'll find in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. So if you're taking notes, the first thing you can write down is God is light. 1 John, 5, 1 John 1, 5, God is light. If you read on a couple chapters later, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. 
Dear friends, let me start in seven. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Okay, now, let me tell you two things before I continue. First of all, again, I'm speaking from the NIV, which is the New International Version. They have an old version and a new version. Did you know this? Did you know the Bible has a whole bunch of different translations and different versions and things? There's a whole hundreds. There, there's so many of them. And we often choose something like the NIV or the New Living Translation, which is NLT, or a King James Version or New King James Version. But then after that, there's like the message and all these other different versions. So whichever one you pick sounds good for the most part. But just to let you know that some of the wording is going to be different. Let me tell you the difference between the NIV and the new NIV. There's, there's, they came out with a revision, <clears throat> and it's a good one. It's just not one that I was raised on. Let me tell you what that difference is. When the original text, whether it be Greek or Hebrew, um, you do realize that the Bible was not written in English, yes? That it was only translated into English by King James, King James Version in the 1600s. So all of the, the ye's and you's and these and thou's and doest and dost, that didn't happen pre-1600. That's just something we took into uh, English. So that Jesus didn't say these, and, and he didn't speak English. He spoke uh, Greek, and he's, he, didn't, he didn't speak English. So when we look at a translation, we're looking what a word means in a different language and trying to say what it kind of means as close as we can. So that's why there's different variations of the Bible, where, where one says one thing, but one says the other, but they're kind of the same. So when we're reading along and you have a different version, that's what that difference is. In the NIV, they took a word that means brethren, meaning like male and female, and the older version of the NIV translated as brothers. Then people were like, oh man, that's just talking to the guys. What about the ladies? And so they came out with a new revised version. Okay, it says brethren. What I mean is boys and girls, men and women. So there's a slight difference in, um, in the NIV. So just be aware of those kind of things. So when I read that God is love, there's nothing really hard to translate about that because God is love. There's, there's really no, not much to differentiate between those things. So we find out in 1 John 1 that God is light. We find out in 1 John 4 that God is love. And we find out in 1 John 3, verse 5, that God is without sin. 1 John 3, let's check out verse 4 and 5. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. So in God, there is no sin. So we know now three things about God. That God is light, that God is love, and that there is no sin in him. So if that is God... Who are we? We are the opposite of those things. Because of sin that has entered the world, we are born as a sinful people. So we are the exact opposite of those things. God is light, so the world then is darkness. God is love, the world is hate. God is uh, no sin, and we are full of sin. That's who we are as... Uh, According to the original sin that Adam and Eve created, uh, that Adam and Eve did in the garden, we are sinful people. We have to be on that same page in order to dig in deeper to where, where we're going to go today. 
Because if you don't realize that God is light, if you're walking around in darkness, you have nowhere to go. Or it'll hurt when you stumble on things. If you don't realize that God is love, in this loveless world, you don't know where to go. If you, re- if you think that sin is all there is, and there's no way out of sin, that there's no escape, that there's, there's, no, there's, there's no forgiveness of that sin, then we're just all lost. But I'm here to tell you that if we're on the same page, that the world is these things, but God has something greater for us, then we can move somewhere. Because according to Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the penalty for all sin, the penalty for sin is death. So anyone who sinned, raise your hand, you're all going to die. Basically, that's what they're saying. Basically, God is saying, if you have committed sin, there's a penalty for that, and that penalty is death. But Romans chapter 3 says that the penalty for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And while... I'm sorry, Romans 6 says that the penalty for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. So where does Jesus come in? Here's God and light and and this, and here's the world and sin. And just to clarify, Romans 3.23 says that we are all sinners. So if I didn't make it clear enough, Romans 3.23 says all we have sinned and have gone astray. So we're all sinners. Okay. So that means we are the world. Now, what does that mean in our daily life? What does that mean for us who wake up Monday morning, go to work, wake up, take care of our kids, wake up, go to a job? Monday morning, why why am I trying to stress so strongly that we are part of the world? Because of the very fact that with sin in our lives, we cannot have a relationship with Jesus. We cannot have a relationship with God with the sin in our life. In God is no sin. And God can't invite sin into heaven. Sin cannot be in his presence. Sin has to be dealt with. And the Old Testament version of dealing with sin is taking a lamb or a dove or some kind of sacrifice and slaughtering that animal. And that blood would then would cover the sins that were created. And that is a very... um, startling thing. And I think Landon a couple weeks ago spoke very well about why, knowing that we are sinners and that we need to do something with that. But the, the, the transition from being a worldly person to a godly person is not always gentle. In fact, the Bible references many things that are, that are not gentle. Um, we are, he, he refers to um, us being born again. And all the mothers in the, in the room can recognize that birth is not the most easy, painless thing. And so when you're thinking about a person from the world going to person, being a godly person, there's that childbirth picture or even adoption. And sometimes adoption isn't all that easy. Finances or, or family mess or, or that whole picture is, is, can kind of be a painful thing. Another painful picture is that we are grafted. Do you know what grafting is? The Bible talks about it in Romans um, chapter 11 where, <clears throat> where there, there's one tree and we are grafted by being cut into and inserted and then that new, that new tree would, would be the life support for that new branch. So there's a, a cutting into and, and a, a re, reforming that happens. And then point blank, 
um, Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 5, that we are brought from death to life. Has anyone died in here before? I'm glad to see you're doing so well. I've not been able to have very much communication with the dead, but I hear it's painful and I hear it's bad. And the picture is that we've suffered in the world, that we've suffered in sin, and we've suffered being at enemies with God. And from that, we have died. And from that death, God calls us into life. And so that, there's that, that third picture of, of the pain and suffering, but God has a better plan for us. So, how do you know which side you're on? Did you know that there's a way to tell? There's a way to tell. When you stick your head out the window of the car, driving car. No, I'm joking. The Bible in 1 John, it tells point blank how you can know if you are a Christian, if you are a worldly person or a godly person. So what I did was basically a Bible study. Have you ever been in a Bible study where you like go verse by verse and, and figure out what it says and means? And, and what I'd love to do is find out some of the similar strains and like tie them all together and say, oh, you made this point about 14 times in five chapters. It's probably pretty important. Here's some of the points. How do we know that someone is not a godly person? How do we know if somebody is a worldly person? Well, 1 John chapter 2. And I think I have all of these, um, these in parentheses. So if it says like, 2.11 or 3.10 or all those things. It says it hates, if you hate your brother, then you're prob you are not a godly person that you're a worldly person. And the whole picture is, if you can hate the person that you're seeing right now, how can you love a person you can't see? So God says, if you hate your brother, if you hate your friend, and by brother, again, we mean, you know, not just a boy. If you hate them, then you're not a God person. There should be clicks for this so we can read it better. Maybe. It's not, a, it's not an advance, but it's a... Um, yeah, that's the one. So, now you can read that a little better. So, if he hates his brother, you know you're not a, a godly person. If you love the world, man, is the world attractive or what? Isn't there so many things in the world that's like, whew, I'd, I'd like me some of that. For instance, in high school, there was a phrase that had a four-letter word that I wasn't willing to say, but it just sounded so cool. I wanted to be cool like the cool kids and say that phrase. But you know what? I, I chose not to. But the man, man, did the world make it seem like it's the coolest thing to say? If you love the world by craving, like, a, like the cravings of a sinful man— if you, if you have um, lust in your eyes, if you boast about what you do and boast about what you say and look at me, here I am, I did this and I did this, ta-da. That is a worldly view. If you deny Jesus is the Christ, you may know that there is a Jesus, but is he the Christ or is he not? If you say he's not, then you're of the world. If you continue in sin, if somebody says, hey, what you're doing right there, the Bible says is sin. You have two options. Okay, this is sin, I'm going to stop. Or, if you don't, you are part of the world. Okay, so this is sin. I like to do it. Case in point, I witnessed to a gentleman. I said, hey, just to let you know, when you're sleeping with this girl in high school, God calls that sin. I know it's sin, but I really like doing it. 
I said, well, then that's your choice, sir. His name was Scott. And I said, at some point, you're going to have to deal with that. Um, so if you continue in sin, then you're of the world. If you don't do what is right, James 4 says, if you see something that you should do and you don't do it, that would be sin. So that is a telltale if you are of the world, if you don't do what is right. Anyone who does not love, you know many people who don't love? Any grouchy, grumpy people that you're like, <laughs> there's like no loving bone in them. Um, I won't say I have any in my family, immediate family or extended, but they know who they are. <laughs> so if, you do, if you're not a loving person, if love doesn't come out with, of you, the Bible talks about that, how that's not a godly thing. Just to prove it, let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. Let's start at verse 13. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you, which again is the opposite of love, right? If the world hates you, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life. There's that, that painful separation from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. So, I know that there are churches that do, and people, and pastors, who are very mm, soft when it comes to Scripture like this. How they are, I know the Bible says this, but God overlooks that sin. He, he really doesn't care about it very much. So, just keep going. But when the Bible says that anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, I mean— what are you going to do with that as a Christian? As a pastor, I'm trying to highlight these things because obviously we're all studying them in our private lives at our home, right? So we're taking these things and I'm highlighting some of these things saying, hey, are we paying attention that if you actually are hating what the Bible says, that is correlated with murder. And that murder has no eternal life in him. If you do not acknowledge Jesus and... 1 John 4, chapter, three, or chapter 4, verse 3. If you don't acknowledge Jesus at all, not that he's just not the Christ. If you don't acknowledge Jesus, you are a worldly person and have no part in God. If you speak from a worldly point of view, and if the world listens to you, things like, I don't know, the prosperity and success that, that you will be blessed just because you are breathing, and, and, it, and you can have sin in your life, but you still are God's child, and, and that's not accurate because that's what the world wants to hear. The world wants to hear, oh, we're all God's children. We're all going to get along. And the fact is we're not because with sin, God can't, you can't be a part of God. If you don't love, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 8. And if there is fear, one who fears, chapter 4, verse 18. This is weird. Why, what are you talking about fear? Let's look at chapter 4, verse 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know that we rely on the love God has for us because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. Let's jump down to verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, I'm not saying that it has to do with spiders. I'm not saying that you don't have to be afraid of snakes. Um, but do you know what fear does? It cripples you. 
And so in your spiritual life, if there's fear and it cripples you from, from doing what God has called you to do, say like stepping out of the boat and walking on water. If you're afraid to walk on water, that would be a fear that would, you would have to contend with and say, God, I, this is fear in my life and it's stopping me from doing something that you've called me to do. That's the type of fear. But the good part is, with all of these negative things, we can also tell what a godly person looks like. And here what I want to do is, is hold up these, these things as, as a, a mirror, and we look up, and if we see those in our lives, man, we can know that we are part of God's family. Let's talk about those. Chapter 2, verse 6, we can walk as Jesus did. Let's list any one of the things that Jesus did. And, say, and see if it's in our life. Did, did he forgive somebody who committed sin? Yes. Did he feed people who were hungry? Yes. Did he visit people in prison? Uh, you know, th- what did Jesus do? And if, if we're doing what Jesus did, we're, we're, we're doing godly things. Yes. If you love your brother, we talked about the hate, but if you love your brother who you can't see, then God's saying, then you can love me who you can't see. When you do what is right, and again, James 4 God says, if you see something that, sh- that needs to be done, uh, I-, I like to take the, the picture of um, changing a tire. I all, every time I see a car on the side of the road, I check all four tires. If it's not a tire thing, I probably can't help them. But if it is a tire thing, I can. I've, I've got an extra jack in my car because one time changing my tire, uh, the little one that comes stock like in the cars, it, it, it bent and I heard this creak. And I, okay, so I took the tire off and... Do you know what a rotor is? It's the thing that you fix the, the wheel to it. The wheel's off, and it's a big metal thing, right? And, and I heard this creak, and I was right under it. I was changing my brakes, and I heard the creak, and I went like this, and the, the, the jack collapsed, and it grazed my head. And I'm thankful that I listened to that creak because I would have had a car on my head. Anyway, so why do I have a jack in my back? Because I don't want anyone's car falling on their head. And I'm strong enough that I can change a tire. Anyway, so when I see somebody who, who's got a flat tire, is it right for me to do that? Is it safe? Sh- sh- should I do that? And I ask God, God, is this something I should do? And there are factors, like if my wife's in the car, maybe I don't. Because it might, it might be a trap. You never know. Anyway, that's what I'm trying to say. That See what is right and then do it. If you know that you have, t- I feel like Jeff Foxworthy. If you know that you've had your sins taken away, you might be a Christian. If, you, if you've asked God, hey, these fears, this hate, this sin, I've been dealing with, God, forgive me. If you know that your sins are, are, are taken away, then you know that you are a part of God's family. If you love with your action and truth by providing food for somebody, by, by helping with funeral expenses, by, by taking somebody out to lunch, by, by paying for somebody's college, by, I don't know, if you love with your actions— you're part of God's family. I love reading this. Let's go look at that. First uh, John chapter 3, um, 18 through 20. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue. When do, we, when do we speak about loving with words? When we sing songs. <laughs> this is kind of catch-22 because I made you sing songs about love. And so if you don't have love in your heart, <laughs> I kind of made you a liar. So... 
that's something you have to deal with between you and God. Anyway, so dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, like just saying, I love you, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts are condemn, condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So multiple times John is saying, this is how you know that you're part of the world. And this is how you know that you're part of God's family. That when you love with action and when you love in truth, you are part of God's family. When you do believe that Jesus is God's son, when you do believe that there is a Jesus who came and we didn't see him, but we heard about him and we believe that Jesus came. And not only that was he a prophet, not only was he a miracle doer, but he was the the son of God, that he came born of a virgin, that this Jesus came as a sacrifice for our sins. When you believe in these things, then you are part of God's family. When you know and love other people, and isn't that hard to do sometimes? When you love other people as God commanded us, then you are part of God's family. You are part of God's family when the Spirit is alive in you. You're part of God's family if you acknowledge that Jesus has come in the flesh. You, when you listen to what the Bible says and you do it, when you listen to what the, the pastors and the church and the elders and the leadership are saying, hey, this is what we should be doing as a church and we do it. This is what we should not be doing as a church and we don't do it. When you listen to the Bible in the church, you are part of God's family. Everyone who loves, everyone who lives in love, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, if you love God and carry out his commands, if you overcome the world and you don't continue in sin, you are part of God's family. Now, as you're looking at this mirror and saying, am I part of those? Go ahead with all those. Let's read them all good. If you acknowledge that Jesus come in the flesh, you listen to the Bible, you, everyone who loves, there's like three more. You live in love. Believe in Jesus is the Chris. <laughs> That's my bad. I saw it in my paper and I had, uh, whatever. If you love God, if you overcome the world, if you don't continue in sin, man, you are doing what God has called us to do. Now what, why is that so important? Because God has called you from that darkness and sin so you can have a relationship with them. I love my wife. But if I don't see her, if I don't come home to her, if I don't spend time talking to her, I don't have a relationship with her. And why should we have a relationship with God? Because without a relationship with God, we are condemned to die in our sin. And there is death and there is separation from God. And we don't get to experience his love and forgiveness. But when you are taking part and hold of all of these things, you're becoming more like God. You're becoming in a relationship with God who can solve all your problems, who can fix all your wounds, who can heal all your diseases, who can take a painful thing and not just maybe fast forward you through it so you don't feel it, but in the middle of that storm, feel peace. That God can love you even when we're unlovable. And then when you come up to somebody who's unlovable, you can love them too. Man, what would the world look like if we were all God people? What would this church look like if we were making steps in, 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 in faith when it comes to budget, when it comes to um, talking to somebody about Jesus, when it, when it comes to being at work and doing a godly thing instead of a, a worldly thing? Now, if you've looked up at this, this mirror 
and you see that you are on the God side, we've got a portion of worship that we're going to do together. And we call it communion. And this communion is really um, a, a beautiful picture. And let me tell you what that picture is. We have juice. It's 100% grape juice. It's not wine, just to clarify. And it's also not actual blood. Just saying. This is juice. And I got bread from Chief. There's nothing special about this. Came out of a plastic bag, and it tastes like bread. But this is a picture. And in this church, we believe that it not, does not become God's blood. It does not become Jesus' body. But it is a picture, an element of what Jesus did. Because what happened was when we were supposed to be dead in our sin, Jesus came and took that sin and paid the penalty of death for us. So if we believe in Jesus, that we can go from worldly into a godly life through Jesus, the one and only Son of God. So I'm going to invite you to enjoy this communion time. We'll spend about, I don't know, five or six minutes. There are going to be four different stations. There's two up front here, and there's two up back there. And what I'm going to invite you to do is take a cup of juice and a little piece of bread. You might want to grab the bread first because it's easier that way. So grab some bread, grab a cup, and take it back to your seat. You do it as a family. You can do it individually. If you look up at this mirror and you say, you know what, I'm not part of that, I don't invite you to take that because it's not really for you. But if you're the third part, you yes, that is me, but I want to be this one, then you've got to deal with Jesus, and Jesus will take away your sins. And then you can have communion with us and fellowship with us as a, as a church, and we can have a relationship with God. So let me pray. Dear God, We've looked at these two items, whether we're godly or we're, we're worldly. And from my heart, God, I want to be a godly person. And it's my prayer that these people here and the people who are represented here, their families and their workplaces, I want them to be godly too. So would you, would you open our eyes and our hearts and minds so we can understand your love, understand your sacrifice, and let us be more like you and less like the world. Let us say no to sin and yes to God. So as we take this body, realize that, take this bread and realize that it's your body that was broken for us. And this juice is just juice, but it's a picture of your blood that you've poured out on the cross for us in our place. Lord, we pray these things in your powerful name. Amen.